right, folks, we're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan, here with my co-host, Dustin. Dustin, coming off the biggest win of Dave Dorn's career, young career, uh, you know, his five years at State. Give, give us a little review of Florida State. How do you feel about that one? I mean, we talked about what should happen in that game, and I feel that's that's pretty much what did happen. Uh, yeah. We got after the quarterback. He got a little rattled. I mean, he played well, but I mean, he played well enough that I'm not sure they would have won that game even if they had had Francois. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think this it's something we talked about uh, the beginning of the year, even in the preseason. That this Florida State team was is not as strong as people made them out to be. They're they're definitely beatable. Now, did it help that Francois wasn't there? I don't know. I mean, the kid looked really strong. He maybe not have. Not as seasoned or whatever, but he hung in there and he connected on deep balls. But like you said, I think they are state just played better, and I'm not surprised at all that they won that game. Now this is the kind of game that we've been expecting for a while now, and you can say, "Oh, well, he got his top 25 win." Well, yeah, this is what happens when we play the way we should. So right. Um, I mean, I'm glad he got his top 25 win and all, you know, but we should have been doing this already. So. Now we're on the path. It's being able to stay there, finish a game like that, and then have a weak Syracuse team this week and not, you know, lay in an egg on Saturday is going to be the, the next big measuring stick for me. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, we've, we've been talking about the potential that this team has and that. Dorn has and how close he's been but to finally to put it all together and not really do anything to beat yourself I think that was probably the most important takeaway for me now, now can they do that consistently that's that's what's going to elevate the program is being able to play these sorts of games and not be stupid and not make stupid mistakes and mental errors and things like that and I, I, that's what I want to see moving forward I think this Syracuse game is kind of it's perfect because they're a decent enough team, but they're not great. Yeah, you know, it's it should be a good indication of how how they rallied or did they spend too much time celebrating? Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, game wise itself, I mean, one, how good is Chubb? Oh, so good. I mean, so good. Defensively, I was looking and we were talking at the bar is. Did did Mario Williams ever have a game that good? You know, I don't remember. I I would assume he had, but you know, we have to go back and look at the numbers. But I don't remember anybody dominating a game like that. And I give him credit though. the The rest of the defensive line really made some of those things happen. Justin oh, yeah. Jones and B.J. Hill played fantastic on the interior. I mean, they were just destroying guys up the middle, and that. They couldn't double. They couldn't double Chubb because they would leave somebody else, you know, partially blocked, and that's just not going to work. But, right. You know, Chubb had a, a huge hand in it, but he had some help. But I, I don't remember anybody completely controlling a game like that, like like he did, especially from the defensive line standpoint. Man, he was in their face the whole. He was in their face the whole time. Every time he threw the ball, Chubb was in his grill. Whether or not he hit him or not, it was it was damn close. Yeah. And that's – we talk about the strong line and the weak secondary. That That's the kind of game that completely masks any issues you have in the secondary. 
Right. I mean, they had a couple of deep balls and, you know, drives, and they scored some points. But when your D-line is in the backfield all day, I mean, you can kind of have a slack rest of the line or rest of the unit, you know, and it's hard to – you can't expect that kind of game every week. But, damn, it's nice when you play it against Florida State. Yeah, you're right, and and you're right. You can't expect that. I I also think the secondary – even without Mike Stevens, who didn't play again, played pretty well. They didn't have any of those, you know, what the fuck are you doing moments. You know, they gave some deep balls, but man, some of those throws that Blackman made, especially under duress, were just on point. You you can't, you know, a couple of them, you couldn't defend any better. So I don't really have any fault with it. I I thought they actually played pretty well. Uh, Defensive line helped, but, but at the same time, secondary held their own. So I was pretty happy with that. I think there's when you can keep a team like Florida State, even maybe not the best Florida State team, but even a, a team with that level of talent and keep them out of the end zone five of six drives, I think it was. I mean, yeah. that's impressive. I mean, Florida State scored one touchdown. They kicked a lot of field goals in those red zone trips. Now, I've given a lot of crap to Huxable, but the, the plan actually worked where it was kind of a – you, know, you say the bend it but don't break sort of thing, and I hate that. But they played the fundamentals and didn't give up the big plays, and they made Florida State work underneath and and tried to get them off schedule. And then when the defensive line is disruptive, you got them off their schedule, and that's exactly what happened. And Florida State settled for a lot of field goals, and I think that that was a, a masterful day by the defense just across the board. Yeah, uh, I was I was really pleased with that. Uh, on the offensive side, <clears throat> we had five or six drives over 65 yards i mean i think that in itself is impressive again again against that defense against florida state you know team full of four and five stars we were in complete control almost the entire game in the the second half you know they just started running the ball they're trying to chew the clock which is fine but i'm not going to take that away from the offense i mean the offense played just brilliantly in the first half i thought the play calling was brilliant yeah. You know, some people, <clears throat> Dustin, had issues with all the halfback passes, three of them. But I, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought across the board the offense was, you know, on on par, on point. See, I think you pull that halfback pass out once. If it works, great. If it doesn't, don't keep trying it. Um, We didn't need to try it, I feel like. That was – the one worked. We were lucky. Uh. Who's it? Jay Sam threw the ball, right? Yeah, we were lucky, but they're lucky too. If Jay Sam throws that halfway decent, that's a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's most six. trick plays, though. Oh, if he gets the throw off right, it's going to be good. I mean, that's most of them. So we, I, I guess. feel like it worked out well, you know, that one. But don't keep doing that. And just for, you know, sake of polling the viewers, I did a Twitter poll. And, uh, <laughs> That's all about timing. The the last I checked, 63 votes, and then I'd never checked again. But uh, 29% of you liked (laughs) the trick plays, and 71 of you said to call a normal game. So Let's put that in context here. Your your question was skewed towards do you like the trick plays or do you hate everybody? And that's (laughs) – like there was only one choice No, my question was, quote, do you agree with the offensive play calling? I said I love trick plays or call a normal game. That's not skewed. That's definitely skewed. How is that skewed? 
Because just first, first of all, in context, you posted that right after the third one, the third one that they ran. And yeah, granted, was that wasn't a good one. That was, the, yeah. that was the first one they ran in the second half that wasn't good. The first two were fun. And I, you just you played on the emotions there. If you ask people now, I don't think they would okay. have. Well, uh, I'll do it again, guess. and we'll see what we'll talk about it. The all results right. of that, and see if it's any different. And you tell me how you want it worded, so I can't be accused of <laughs> contextually skewing the results. <laughs> anyway, I thought that I thought again the, the game plan was fantastic. They utilized Jace Ham every way possible. You know, Jacoby Myers. Finally, we've been calling for it all year. Jacoby Myers got the majority of the snaps in the slot instead of Gavin Locklear, and you kind of see what happens. He had a great bounce-back week from not playing the week before for whatever disciplinary reasons, but I had no problem with the offensive game plan. I was, I was really impressed. I, I mean, I liked it other than the trick plays. Okay, I'll give I, you that. I had no – what was it? 33 pass attempts, 37 on the ground, so mm-hmm. pretty balanced. You have to run the ball against a team like Florida State to win, and we did. Yeah. So I, I'm good with the game plan overall. I don't want it to sound like I'm just hating on everything. <laughs> I just you pull out one trick play if it works, you don't keep going back. That well's going to be dry. I, I just, don't know. Yeah. I just go for it. I, I'm I'm on your mindset that you're you know 13 point underdog on the road. But do you everything winning. you can. You were winning. Yeah. You pull yeah. those out when you have to. Right. I don't know if they were high risk. They were they were fine. For a while there, the offense kind of stalled. They were, again, talking about relying on the run. And Florida State's got a really good run defense. And we picked up some some yards late in the game, but for the most part, we weren't running the ball very well. So I understand the need for that attempt. And I'm with you. I'm not saying do it every play or every drive, but I have no problem with three of them out of 70 plays. I think that's that's a fine balance there. And even, uh, what was it, 100, 110 yards on the ground. Yeah. So not a super successful day, but that constant commitment to it affects their defense, and that opens up the pass a little bit more. I don't know what I saw. Well, I saw one of the numbers, and it was either we had more first downs or more yard, rushing yards against Florida State than Alabama did. I forgot which one it was, but I think it might have been first downs because we had all the sustained drives. Right. But the rushing was good, man. I, I was surprised, and I, you know, the biggest difference in that game to me was the offensive line you, you drop back 33 times and finley doesn't take a sack i mean that's a hell of a day from your offensive line i, I guess there was technically one sack but it was the um intentional grounding which apparently i don't understand the intentional grounding rules in college but that's a different story but the offensive line across the board played fantastic and at the end when they needed to run the ball you know they busted open a hole for reggie and then the last drive Naheem Hines sealed it with his, you know, what, 21-yard run. Mm. I mean, it was just fa- it was fantastic blocking from the wide receivers, the offensive line, everybody really. I mean, that's what we've been expecting to see. That's what we've been hoping to see. And I think we need to see that level of commitment to it and execution from the offensive line for the rest of the year. I mean, that would be really impressive. Yeah, I'm on board. I think that's – like I say, I, I was – if we run this kind of offensive game plan the rest of the year, I mean, even if I have to deal with the trick plays, I'll deal with it. But <laughs> they shouldn't. There shouldn't be that many. So yeah, uh, like like this week, we shouldn't need a trick play. That's good. So, that's fair. I mean, um, I think that's fine. In situationally, sure. But anyway, uh, what do you think about Finley? Man, I, I 
he's a, one of the guys that just doesn't get any recognition, and that's fine. But man, is he playing well? I, I want to. He's so under the radar. He's so underrated right now. There, I saw a recent tweet from some pack fan. I forgot which one it was, and I apologize. But it was a. It was three graphics, and it was one. It was the Heisman, the four Heisman finalists, or you know candidates right now. You know, top four, and it's Saquon Barkley, Matt. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, somebody else, and Sam Darnold, the quarterback from USC. On the other two graphics, it was the stat lines from Sam Darnold, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. And then that next line is Ryan Finley, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, nobody's talking about how well this guy's playing. His decision-making. If we won the South Carolina game, they would have been. Probably, but again, that's not on him. He's completing, you know, seventy-five percent of his passes or whatever it is, and he's just playing fantastic. And he's so smart with situations. And I don't. One of our Twitter followers told us, "Hey, talk about this play when he batted when there was a bad snap on the goal line, and he didn't hesitate and batted it out of the back of the end zone." I mean, that's just understanding the situation. That's playing smart. I just, I'm so impressed with his development between last year and this year. Even though he threw for over 3,000 yards last year, this year I think he's taken that next level where he's making smart decisions. He's he's not trying to do anything crazy. Um, you know, he's hitting some deep balls. Just man, is he playing well? He's playing so well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to add to that. He's, <laughs> he's there. I mean, I, yeah. It's I guess that's one of the frustrating things. Um, Looking at Sundays now, we got four starters in the NFL. We've another consistent quarterback, and sooner or later, we've got to break through and win something with one of these quarterbacks. So, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's just it's just math. It's got to happen. I mean, I'm I don't do math, but looking at it, there's no way that at some point a quarterback doesn't carry us to something. And I'm not saying Finley has to carry us, but damn, I mean, what are the odds? I mean, you think. I, I, what is that? Tw- roughly twenty years of amazing quarterbacks, NFL caliber quarterbacks, and we haven't won dick. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's that's impressive. But Finley, uh, I'm he's playing fantastic. There's nothing much else to say. What else we can talk about though? Two for two from Connor Wise on the field goals. Ooh, How do you feel about that one? That's beautiful. I mean, that's mm, that, that, that you have to have a kicking game to win these types of games. <laughs> Look at Clemson last year. I mean, Florida State last year. We, if we had had a decent kicking game, things could have been different, you know. So, yeah, um, it's one of those things where it doesn't doesn't matter how good your offense is or your defense is, if there's not a kicking game to go along with it or to complement it, you don't have a good right. team then. So, right, uh, a good kicking unit can give you a good team. And hopefully this was a step in the right direction. It's got to be a big confidence boost going down there and going two for two. I think that's probably the most important part about that is mentally like, all right, I can do this. I can make this kick. You know, I think that's it can't be understated how important that is for the rest of the year. Um, one thing about the kicking game that I'd like to note, Chris Dunn. So the all world kicker we have committed coming in next year, posted a, a video on Twitter of his 10-year-old brother hitting a 30-yard field goal like 
let's just sign that dynasty yeah. up. Like, you offer gotta, him a scholarship now. Just keep that pipeline, like the Colquitts and the Bars and all the other kicking families. We need our own, our yeah. own done kicking dynasty. Let's Start make that, that legacy now. So yeah, <laughs> it could be a combo offer, I guess. Saban yeah. offered or Lane Kiffin probably offers kindergartners now. So uh, <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Fantastic win for the pack though. Going down to FSU, you know, giving yourself a leg up in the Atlantic division now. And now you got to take care of business. This game right here coming up Syracuse game sandwiched in between Florida state and Louisville Thursday night. Now I don't, you know, Syracuse, I don't think is great. But just the the timing of that, it, like we said earlier, it's going to mean a lot to how they perform right now. Can they mentally get past the big win and focus on Syracuse, who it's not great, but they can score, right? They can. Uh, the line is state minus thirteen, which I I don't like. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, a fan of double digit conference lines. Um, right, they're two and two. Uh, they lost to LSU this past week, but they scored 26 in Baton Rouge, which is a problem for LSU. But uh, the kicker was losing to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. That's bad. I I don't even know Middle Tennessee State's mascot. Wildcats, right? Aren't they I, the Wildcats? I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> you can't lose to a school like that. Right. Well, let, let me rephrase. We can't lose to a team that lost to a school like that. That's really yeah. bad, especially yeah. coming off a Florida State win. I know if anybody watched that Syracuse LSU game, you look back and you think, man, you know, Syracuse played tough. But the one thing you take out of those games is anytime you play a team like LSU or Alabama, and even when we played Mississippi State, they just churn in these big, fast dudes and just beat the hell out of you. So Syracuse gave it, they put they laid it all on the line that game, and still lost, and they got just beat down. So I'm hoping that you know that plays a part into it as well. Their offense is just that. I don't know if it's the air raid technically, but it's that spread offense, and they're just going to throw the ball. They can't run the ball for anything. Um, you know, if Dungy stays upright, he's not bad, but he's not a world beater. I think we need to get we get pressure on him, make him into some some bad throws, and it should be fine. We should be able to score on them uh, just as easily too. So I'm not sure what um, the downside is. Just mentally being mentally prepared for that game, I think. Yeah, uh, there again, it's going to be what we were talking about earlier. Coming coming off the Florida State win, sorry, uh, playing a team that or team that you should handle. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy for I don't want I guess for us it never has been right and there again going back to a kicking game gives you a good team performing when you have to and should makes you a good team as well so this is a I mean we're a double digit favorite but it's a huge game it really is it is a big game uh, you know. I, it's the same thing with that happens to FSU. You know, we we talked about how they were beatable, and I think you know that we could do it. And it's the same thing here. It's like we're better than they are, and we should win. But man, it's a state fan in me that hates predicting state to win, right? I mean, I know, I, I feel like we're going to win, but just to hate to say to be confident of any kind in you know this game or the game last week, it's 
mentally it's just really hard for me to do, you know, trying to be objective and saying, hey, we're better than them. We should, you know, we should score on them and we should stop them enough that it shouldn't be a problem. But man, I know what we've done in the past and it it's hard for me to overcome that mentally. See, I'm, I I know we'll score on them, but yeah, I am worried with their their passing attack. I mean, that's yeah, they don't try and run the ball that much. They have <laughs> their quarterback is their leading rusher, right? Um, their leading running back has 134 yards through four games, so they don't run the ball. Right, which teams have trouble running the ball against us. What? It's a bad setup. They like to throw the ball. We're not as great at protecting the pass. I, I, I don't know about the thirteen point spread. I, I think we win, but I think it's probably single digits. Yeah, I'd feel much better about a 10, 10 point spread or you know single touchdown. I, I feel okay about that. I mean, I think we win. Uh, you know, if we're going on the per- <clears throat> prediction, I think we're a better team than we than they are but I just want to see us come out mentally prepared and not come out flat and undisciplined, even overconfident in a way where, you know, they're playing out of their typical roles. Yeah. Defense has to play like they did last week. Right. As opposed to every other game this year. Right. And that's, there's got to be that progression of getting better. We have to see that this week or it could end up being a bad situation. So, yeah. Yeah, and beating FSU puts us up in the Atlantic. I mean, it gives us a huge leg up. Now, <laughs> I've been telling everybody who's asked, I'm a big Hokie fan this weekend. They need to beat Clemson. I mean, if they beat Clemson, that opens a lot of doors for us. Yeah. But at the same, you know, at the same time, we got to take care of these games, the Syracuse game, right? I, I pull hard for the Hokies pack, but you know, make sure that we don't take this one for granted for sure. Um, I man, I guess that's about it. What's your What's your prediction? Uh, I like a thirty-five twenty-eight type of score. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, don't, I was gonna say somewhere around thirty-four, twenty-four, or something like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a lot happier if they only get to say twenty-one. I'll be pleased with the defense then. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll be happy with a win either way. So, <laughs> Absolutely. And we have to talk about, too, if we win this, we go to 2-0 in conference, we're right on the edge of the pole right now. A win here, are we ranked next week? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I think obvious. It, it always depends on what happens with everybody else, but there's no reason we're not to. I mean, Florida State, in theory, should drop out. Even though if they beat Wake Forest, and they'll be one and two, yeah, I I would see no way if somebody keeps us out of. I mean, we're, we're six votes out of twenty-five in the right. coaches' poll. Yeah, I have no reason to think that they wouldn't put us in. Yeah, so we're looking at a possible ranked team, so we have to win. Yeah, top twenty-five matchup versus Louisville coming next Thursday. Yeah. If we can, if we can win, I would think. So, yeah, that's all I got about Syracuse. Yeah. It should be interesting to see. I really pay attention to the mental preparation and how focused our guys are. I think that'll be a big indicator of what we can expect the rest of the year. Um, all right, what do we got next here? C A R D S cards. 
So there's a little <laughs> scandal going on right now. Give us a lowdown. First off, before we dive into it, apparently there are people that still didn't know that Rick Pitino was a snake. <laughs> like, how? I don't know, man. I saw somebody tweet this out, and I'm going to steal credit for it, but they said, Rick Pitino is the most important man who's never known anything. He's oh, yeah. always, I didn't know about the hookers. I didn't know about the escorts. Uh, you know, how am I supposed to know that they're paying my basketball players to come here? He like, checked out after his 15 seconds with that woman in the restaurant. <laughs> that was it. My buddy yeah, said that, that screenshot earlier today where it's, uh, oh, the whole thing was over in 15 seconds was his quote. And I'm like, well, he always did like a fast-paced offense. So, <laughs> uh, no, this is huge. I mean, this is disastrous, and I don't think it's over. I think there's going to be more schools slash people implicated, and I'm not very happy or looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's not everybody gloat. Um, I've seen a lot of pack fans kind of laughing. I wouldn't get too comfortable until the dust settles. I mean, we all know the talent we've had come through here and, you know, we're at Adidas school and there's been some rumors already. I just, I, I could say that Debbie, I was probably happy that Godfrey's not here right now. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think um, that's probably understood. I think that's probably what, you know, she took a sigh of relief when this started coming down. Like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, what just came across the, the line a few minutes ago is that the FBI is starting to request documents from Nike schools and Nike reps. So I don't think Nike folks are out of, in the clear either, which I mean, they're coming after everybody. So nobody should be happy right now. Nobody should be gloating about, Louisville's troubles uh, because nobody's safe until this thing settles down. I just don't trust it. I disagree with you. I'm going to gloat until the hammer falls on us. Uh, <laughs> right, it's not going to change us anywhere. I mean, Carolina can breathe wrong and we'll get penalized. I so. guess we need to touch on, in case you don't really know what's going on, the FBI ran a sting and busted basically coaches taking bribes from who Adidas, basically, I guess. Um, basically money going to players to get them to schools. That's the gist of it. Something that we all know goes on anyway. Right. But now there's proof of, <laughs> I mean, there again, we all knew that the shoe companies were in on it too, but now there's proof. And for some reason, the FBI decided they were going to rail it and they are. And uh, it's not just Adidas schools that had implications. I think what Auburn's Under Armour, maybe. Yeah, and yeah, USC, I think it's Nike. So it's not just Adidas, but the biggest, pro- yeah, the biggest problem is based with Adidas-based schools right now. Mainly, I mean, I guess Louisville or University Six is the big one. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's it's crazy what it is. I mean, the whole AAU system. Everybody knows it's such a sham, and when you start looking at the recruiting of guys and, and you see a guy, Oh, he's going to stay. He's going to go to a Nike school. Like what does this high schooler have to worry about? What school, what type of school he's going to? Right. You know, there's always been going on. So I don't know like what triggered it now. Somebody must've read it or somebody got on somebody else's radar, but this has been going on for 20 years now. I mean, since the inception of AAU basketball and guys steering, gearing guys towards certain shoes. I mean, 
I don't understand the the motive behind it unless you hit, you know, a Steph Curry or, or one of those random ones and get a huge shoe deal from it and you make profit. But I don't know, man. It's this is going to be massive. I think by the time it's done with, and Louisville's already fired Rick Pitino and they fired their AD for not firing Rick Pitino. I mean, that's. I mean, Louisville's. How how is it not straight lack of institutional control at this point? I mean, it's got to be. I, I would assume it has to be. And I mean, there, there's always something going on with that program. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is making Petrino look classy. Bobby Petrino is now running around unsupervised. Yeah, oh, he's got Jesus. no boss. Yeah, and he <laughs> he is the the clean coach at Louisville. I mean, right. what the hell, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, this is major, man. This is this is a. Uh, Something that's we're going to be seeing for the next several weeks, I imagine, at the very least. Would you hire Patino right now, though? No, I wouldn't. No, no, I wanted him back in the day, right? Even, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Not right now. I think that the big shoe that everyone is expecting is with Nike becoming involved. Where's Calipari? Oh, you know he's involved, yeah. man. You know that Nike, you know that Kentucky and Carolina is the same way. Carolina is, you know, I'm not saying because I'm an angry state fan, but they've been paying players to do the same sort of thing. I mean, they're getting all those kids out of Fayetteville 71st for a reason. It's not, right? It's not because they love it there. It's because they're getting steered to these places. They're getting steered to Kentucky. They're getting 50 or 100 grand. I forgot what the numbers were. It's well, it's it's well known, and it's, I don't know. I mean, it's no surprise, right? And I think they're all going to be under scrutiny. And there's probably a certain group, Kentucky's, you know, Calipari, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if you would ask me that last year, though, said, hey, the Patino just got fired. Would you take him? I probably said yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what Kevin Keats brings us for right now. There's a renewed hope here that I'm not desperate enough for that. <laughs> I was really worried. Uh, but was happy to see that this whole FBI deal only went back two years. Yeah. So Keats yeah. was gone and away from Louisville when all this yes. uh, this happened. So yeah, at least as far as their investigation was going. So right. Uh, anyway, that's that's all I got about that. I guess it's a yeah. big deal. It's going to be a bigger deal before it's over. Agreed. It's we're just seeing the the beginnings of this one. Um, it's interesting though. There's a lot of people that are out there, you know, clamoring for the death penalty for Louisville or when people are, it's the same people that are saying, you know, Carolinas should get off scot-free or NCAA shouldn't mess with Carolinas. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand that there's a financial difference and that sort of thing, but cheating's cheating, right? Yeah. You're cheating to win. There's, there's very little difference there. Keeping them eligible or paying them to come in the first place. I mean, there's, I don't know. That's, it's going to be interesting how the dust settles. Um, moving back to football, uh, how did how did our locks of the week do last week? I'll go ahead and tell you mine right now. I did not do so well. <laughs> Tennessee. Uh, I mean, Tennessee almost lost to UMass. Yeah, that didn't surprise me at all, man. But, oh, man, there's just no excuse for that nonsense. I mean, sheer talent alone, they should have just destroyed them. They almost lost that game. Yeah. UMass was winless, too. So, I know. Uh, I know. 
I missed that game and I missed TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, no, I actually picked that one right. I missed the Tennessee game. I did pretty well the rest of the week, but man, I was really surprised by Tennessee. Oh, that was that was shocking. Uh, Who who'd you have last week? I had uh, GT or Georgia Tech over Pitt. Uh, I think oh, it was okay. like a seven and a half, so that worked out pretty yep. well. I think it was seven and a half. Uh, yeah, it was. But that one just set up perfect. So uh, that was a win. This week kind of sucks. I don't like any of the lines, man. They're not. They're they're getting harder. They're getting harder. <laughs> I think. Um, uh, there's some there's some interesting ones uh, that that caught my attention. Um, but uh, go ahead, give us your lock of the week, and I got mine. I have a like a semi like Dollar Tree lock of the week. A and M minus nine against South Carolina. Uh, I don't want to say A and M played well last week, but they beat Arkansas. And, <sighs> they should have lost that game too. Yeah, so I just. Uh, I don't know. I think we played a bad game against South Carolina. South Carolina went to Kentucky and lost. I'm just Kentucky not, should have beat Florida too. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm not into South Carolina. Uh, yeah. Not without I, saying I no. I don't even want to call that a lock, man. I, I I don't know. I'm not confident in it. I wouldn't bet it. So South Carolina lost uh, Debo Samuel, and now they lost uh, Bryce Allen Williams. I think they're better linebacker. So not looking good for uh, Must Champs guys, but yeah. but yeah, that's it. A and M minus nine, it might win for you. All right, here's mine. Virginia Tech plus seven at home versus Clemson. Oh, I don't like that at all. No, I don't want to like it, but I gotta like it because I'm pulling hard for the Hokies this week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling hard for them to, for them to win. So so Evans just uh, calling the money line and not not the, the spread. Yeah, I'm I'm going money line on this one. I have, I want to see Virginia Tech beat Clemson. And I think all things are setting up for that to be for that to happen. I mean, it's a night game in Blacksburg. Clemson just had a, a really slow game against Boston College. Uh, it was you know one of those physical beat 'em up games. Virginia Tech's offense is hitting on all cylinders. I mean, it, they're they're right for an upset here. Now Clemson, I think, is a better team, but the stars could align for Virginia Tech here, and I want to see it happen. I mean, I hope so. you're right. I really do. <laughs> I don't have Virginia much faith Tech. in it, but I hope you're right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there again, I don't have a lot of faith. I don't think Clemson's as good as their ranking either. So, um, going back to, I don't, I didn't believe in Louisville. So, I think Virginia Tech's got a shot. Yeah, I think they definitely do have a shot. Uh, speaking of not believing in. Uh, Clemson, who's your top four? Um, so I'm going to go Bama, Oklahoma. Um, I don't know. It gets tough there. Uh, I guess Clemson and then USC. Maybe USC above Clemson. Uh, yeah, so Bama, Oklahoma, USC, and Clemson. Um, still don't believe in the Big Ten, so Penn State can go away. Uh <laughs> Didn't you have Oklahoma State like really high last week? I did. I had them in four. <laughs> I had them in four, but I picked TCU to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. TCU's I, great on the road against dude, good teams. I don't know. Nobody's got it better than – nobody made a better job than the TCU AD when they hired Gary Patterson, and they basically locked him in for life. Yeah. I mean, that guy's a football coach, and he is doing amazing things down there. 
What a great they I mean they played it wasn't nearly as close as it the score ended up. They were up twenty. Oklahoma State started coming back on them, but I mean TCU main case for my top five this week, that's for sure. Yeah. They look good. They're up there. There again, I just uh defenses in that league are just terrible. I Yeah. That's my only they can score points, but they give up a shit ton of points too, so Yeah. Uh, uh I I can't put them that high, I guess. I I need to see them hold a team, you know, under 20 at some point, like a good team for me to feel confident in that. But right. they shut up what seven spots in the AP and four or five in the coaches. So, yeah, I believe that I would say, uh, from my top four, I'll put Bama back at number one, Clemson, you know, seven, seven, take going to the fourth and first Boston college, they scored 28 in a row or something like that, but they struggled big time. With Boston College, so I'm gonna knock them down a peg. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Number four, I'm going Penn State, mm. and for one reason, uh, Saquon Barkley. That kid can run, man. He is very good. 358 yards in the versus Iowa. I don't know if that was combined or whatever, but man, he can play. I'm going. That's my top four. I'll slide him in there. I can deal with that, I guess. I yeah. Still don't like the Big Ten, but he's good. Who's, so, What's your Wake Forest at home getting nine and a half from Florida State? I think Florida State wins that game. I, I don't think, want to talk about the spread, but yeah. I, they should. Um, yeah. But that's a tough bet. I wouldn't. I don't know. Florida State's done nothing, so. It's true. They lose that, it makes last week not look as good. So I need Florida State to win by like three scores. Yeah, we want Florida State to win yeah. that game. Yeah. I think Florida State wins that game. I think they do it running. Cam Akers, I expect to have a big game. That kid is fast. He tended to bounce it outside. And once we figured that out, he didn't do a whole lot for us. But Blake Forest doesn't have that that front seven that we do. Right. A um, couple other news and notes. Uh, before we get there, but America's favorite segment, mm. TJ Warren just signed a $50 million deal, with the $50 million deal with the Suns. Yeah, good for him, man. Tony Bucket's getting paid. I mean, that's awesome. I'm happy for him. I think that's uh, deserved. He's a hell of a player. I think Phoenix is a, a young team, and he'll he's going to fit in nicely there. Right. Um, And then America's favorite seg- segment, the Matt Canada watch. Give it to us. What happened? Mm, well, they had a tough week last week. Uh, this was the rebound against Syracuse. It, it's just things just work out, don't they? Uh, 263 <laughs> yards passing, 151 yards on the ground, uh, scored 35 on them, and all that without their number one running back. So uh, he's just down there dealing, man. Uh, <laughs> LSU's problem is, is defense. I mean, Syracuse, we just talked about them being able to score, but – they come to Baton Rouge and put up 26. That's that's bad for them. Right. That's uh, that's not the defense that you have to have to win in that conference, let alone that division. So <clears throat> that's uh, that's tough. But Canada's still doing work. He's had one bad week. I, I can deal with that. So one bad week. All right. So far, so good. But that one bad week, though, I I hyped Mississippi State up last week, and they got trounced playing Georgia. 
Yeah, there I did too, man. I thought Mississippi State was better than that, and Georgia looked really good. Uh, it's... Thirty-one to three, and that was yeah. And then Tennessee gets Georgia this week, so yay! But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that? Uh... That's a seven-point game, right? I just saw that spread. Uh, what Tennessee plus seven? I think that's what that is. Take Georgia. Yeah, is that at Tennessee? Yeah. yeah, seven and a half. Yeah, I like Georgia by about 14. So George, George looks good, man. They're impressive. Uh, one last piece of housekeeping, folks. Dustin is leaving me next week. He's going to the land of debauchery and gambling and booze mm. uh, out to Vegas. So if anybody wants to put in their audition tape for a co-host, wants to talk next week, holler at me. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got too, man. All right, folks, see you out there Saturday, and as always, go pack. Go pack.